My May was absolutely insane. There was graduation, project graduation, end of the school year, beginning of the swim season, bridal showers, baby showers. Do you know how many people in an elementary school have babies in the spring in a faculty of like 80 women? A lot, okay? We just, I, you know, I they should buy stock in Babies R Us or have an outlet in my garage. Sometimes Jenny even has a gift closet now where we just buy in, in bulk because we know we're going to be having a baby shower at some point. It's just boom. Okay, so, but it, I've got a lot to do in my life. And you have a lot to do in your life, don't you? You don't want me to remind you of that today because you're here in church. You want to forget it, okay? And life is good. But really, you have a lot to do. We all have a lot to do. And as a dad and as a husband, occasionally I, I have my temptation is to, to, to think and to fantasize about just pulling my family up and going away and hiding somewhere on an island. Ooh, the Samoan, America Samoan. That, those are good islands. Fiji. I always think of someplace warm in a beach if I'm going to get away. Jenny's, it's like in a mountain when it's cold. Opposites attract. <laughs> and so, I, you know, so I, we think this, and we're like, you know, if we could just get away and close out the world and just be our family, it would be better. And the temptation for me is the temptation that a lot of us face, and that is to think that church is just another intrusion in my life. Church is not just another intrusion. It would be a mistake for me to think that. In fact, it would be a mistake for anybody to think that. The other hat that I wear is, you know, the pastor hat. That's the hat you see on Sunday mornings. And as a pastor, I look out and I see all the busyness. And if I had a magic wand, I would love to eliminate organized sports, dance, and like a host of other things go, boom, it disappears and goes away. Um, Because as a pastor, I feel like, the further along we go, church becomes less and less important. I mean, it's just, it, it feels like sand running through your fingers. The funny thing is in America, you'll hear people tell you from time to time, and they will all acknowledge, well, you know, family's important. But have you ever really heard anyone say, well, you know, church is important? Maybe 50 years ago, and it was your grandmother. Church is important. You're going to be there on time. You know, nobody says that anymore. It's weird. And, and today, there's this growth of, um, I want to get the initials right. S-B-N-R. You can join that group on Facebook. S-B-N-R. Spiritual, but not religious. Yeah, no, come on. It's real. It's, it's a growing movement. In fact, 70% of people under the age of 25 say they're spiritual, but not religious. So it's a growing movement. <laughs> spiritual, but not religious. Um, and it's the weirdest thing. The temptation, the temptation that you and I face, I think, with all the busyness is to think that we can hold ourselves away or hold our family away or that we can do it alone, and, and that would be a mistake to assume that. And it would also be a mistake. There are some people in church who see that same thing. They wear the pastor hats and the leader hats, and, and they see families underwater, and they see the busyness and everything else, and they feel like parents are distracted, so they're like, let's just bust them in. We'll have church six nights a week, baby. We'll train those kids, and, and that would be a mistake, too. Today, I want to talk to you about orange. I want to come back to that because the Sunday I tried to talk to you about orange, I lost my voice. I sounded like an adolescent, like I do a lot anyway. Um, But I want to wade into it, and I want to plant in your vocabulary a code word. And the code word is simply the color orange. Orange is what happens when you bring yellow and red together. Yellow and red make orange. If you don't believe me, ask a preschooler. 
they will happily, they will show you in finger paint. It works, okay? Red and yellow make orange. By way of reminder, yellow is what the color we use to symbolize the church. If you could reduce to one word, what is the role of the church? The church is a light. The church is supposed to show the world who God is, who Jesus is. That's the role of the church, to illuminate. Families, it's entirely different. Family, we use the color red because families, the role of a family is to show kids what it's like to be loved and accepted unconditionally so that they become adults who would happen to believe that there is a heavenly father who loves them and accepts them unconditionally. That's a hard thing for a lot of grown-ups to get over. We need to bring those two forces together. In our culture, they tend to operate and swirl separately. Church over here, family over here. And they compete for one another. And that's crazy talk. It just doesn't work. It's insane. And so I want you and I to begin thinking and talking orange. And, I, and I'm going to wade into what that looks like on a practical level in a minute. So just bear with me, all right? Orange, orange, orange. Say orange. 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 You and I, we want to be an orange church. We want to be a church that's bringing church and family together, working in sync. Partners, okay? So if you're a youth volunteer or a kid volunteer here at Generations, and sometimes parents come in and you feel that little defensiveness that comes on up, and you're like, get out of here, it's our, our territory. And you're like, parents, think orange, okay? Parents are not your enemies, they're your friends. They're your partners. And parents, every, if every now and then you're like, oh, church, church, church. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. Church is your friends. <laughs> church is your partner. See, partner together. Okay, let's, let's wait into this. Psalm 78. This is the reason our church has the name it does, is Psalm 78. I want to come back to this. We've been at, we haven't been in here in a year. The reason our church is called Generations is because of this psalm. Psalm 78. If you read through the Psalms, I love the Psalms. I tell you this all the time. Psalms is just raw, unfiltered emotion. If you're having a bad day, read a Psalm. God, nuke my enemies. Driving. You just have it play on the audio Bible. You know, most of the Psalms of David's really apply on US 27. Okay? (laughs) Smite them, O Lord. Snuff out their light and their children's light and their children's children's light. Unto the next utter generation. Okay? So I'm just telling you, it's raw, unfiltered emotion. Psalm 78, not like that. It's different. It's different. It's not like all the other Psalms. These Bible pages are sticky. All right. Psalm 78, verse 1. Oh, my people, listen to my teaching. Open your ears to what I'm saying, for I'll speak to you in a parable. I'll teach you hidden lessons from our past. There in the beginning things is that biblical little strategy. Listen, listen, pay attention. Important stuff is going to follow, all right? And a par- you know, parable uh, is story. It's a way to convey truth by using a common experience in a way that people will understand. Look at verses 3 and 4. I will teach hidden lessons from our past, stories we have heard and know, stories our ancestors handed down to us. We will not hide these truths from our children. But we will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord. We will tell of his power and the mighty miracles he has done. I think if we've 
aired in our culture. You know, in the olden days, in, in church land, in Christianity land, you know, we just wanted to tell everybody about Jesus, tell our kids. And, and maybe you had parents who would talk the God talk all the time, but since there wasn't the walk part, you know, you got a little jaded, jaded or cynical when you were a teenager. And so I think culturally, because of some of that stuff that existed in Ward and June Cleaver, 1950s America, we've pulled back. And so now it's like, don't ask, don't tell, don't say any of the fun. I just want them to see Jesus. If they can see Jesus, that's good enough. And if anything, as parents and as churches, we've, we've stopped telling we stopped having God and faith be part of our normal conversation with people at work, with our kids. I mean, this is just part of life, God and faith and, and this spiritual dimension. It's just part of reality. It's how life is. It's how God designed the world. I mean, it's just, it's what is. And yet we've removed it from our language. And here we're enjoined in the psalm by, by the psalmist. No, 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 no. T- don't hide them from your kids. Tell them. Right, look at verses uh, 5 and following. For he issued his decree to Jacob. He gave his law to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children. Why? So the next generation will know them. And even the children not yet born, that they in turn might teach their children. So each generation can set its hope on God anew. That's our job. We're wanting to reach the next generation so that they can trust God no matter what. And it's going to take church and family working together. It's going to take orange, orange thinking, orange thoughts, orange programming, orange decision-making. As a church, know that your church leaders, okay, and it's, it's not pastors. There's lots of leaders in this church, okay? When they get together and they make decisions, orange isn't just a code word or a programming. It's not, it's not like, okay, orange is kid stuff, and that's that little part that we do. No, it's a filter through which we make church-wide decisions, okay? Let, let, me, let me boil this and make it practical, right? And I want to ask a question, and I always have to read because I, I want to make sure I ask my questions right. If you're a parent, okay, so I'm going to talk to parents first, and if you're not a parent, don't worry, I'm coming around, okay? So if you're a parent, let me ask this question. What role, what role does church have in shaping your children, really? Is church in the driver's seat? If so, should church really be there? Or is church more of a minimal thing where it's just here and there hit and miss? What role does church have in shaping your children? Let me ask this other question. What if, as a parent, other than deciding to become the spiritual coach for your kids, what if seeing the church as your partner was the most important decision you could make for your kids? What difference would that make? Now, if you're a parent or you're a grandparent, I have some practical homework for you, okay? Here's your homework assignment. Talk about it. If faith is part of your life, talk about it. Talk about it at, at moments that come up. Uh, it's weird. You know, they come up. I'm talking about God's stuff at the weirdest times with John Mark. You know, sometimes I'm like, you know, I gotta under, and other times he's, you know, Dad, come around, you know, Okay. It's a give and take. It's a conversation. But make it part of your conversation. Talk about it. The fact that we've quit talking as a nation is not good. Um, In a Barna survey, two out of three parents uh, who have kids under the age of 18 will attend a religious service at least once a month in the course of a 30-day cycle. So two-thirds of parents feel like they need some kind of spiritual help. 
but the overwhelming majority of those parents will not have any conversation whatsoever in any given day or week about faith in their home. No, 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 no. Talk. It's okay. I'm giving you permission today. It's okay to talk about God and faith stuff in your families. It's okay. Do it. So talk about it. Second thing is uh, this. If you're a parent or a grandparent and you've got kids still living at home and growing up, or they're at your kid's house and they're still growing up, take assume spiritual leadership. And this is what I mean by that. Take the time to relationally invest so that you know where your kid is spiritually so that you know what the next step, faith step, is for them. Parent, it's a funny thing. You know, we would talk about this all the time in the olden days in youth ministry. Um, I remember Isaiah and I back at the mothership, and parents really, you know, the on, on, online parents would always know. And if you asked them, they would tell you about their teenager. Yep, this is what they need next. And the parents may not have, you know, know how or have the, you know, leverage or whatnot, but parents know. They know, right? So be an online, assume leadership and, and relationally invest so that you know where your kid is and you can help them take the next step. And then the last thing is piggyback. Here's what I mean by piggyback. You guys belong to a church that um, does kid stuff, and in G-Town, it's all a synchronized curriculum thing. So when we're, like, hitting honesty all month long, that's a perfect opportunity to bring up honesty just in the car or a time where you got lied to or you lied or whatnot because it's piggybacking. And that's really, really effective because you know why? It's repetitive. (laughs) And repetitive stuff has a greater tendency to sink in and get remembered. Ask any teacher. Okay? So piggyback. Now, if you're not a parent, um, I want to suggest something that some of you already sneered new, and that is spiritual but not religious. That's not going to work. I mean, that's that's not going to work. You need the family at home and you need the family at church in order to really be spiritual. You want to know why? Because love requires change. Love requires sacrifice. Love demands hard stuff. And you know what? When it's just you and me on our own, dialing our own spiritual dials, we don't dial the hard stuff. We want the easy road. Love forces us to do hard things that's actually best for us to grow. Here's why this is important. We're losing the next generation. It's already underway. I've told you this before. In my 20s, anytime somebody suggested to me that the United States would become like Europe, I would laugh at them. I would go, you're nuts. They're totally different, totally different historical development. There's no way the United States will ever become like Europe. It's just the ingredients aren't in place. Uncle changed my mind because I've been reading the demographic stuff. I've been reading the mind shift stuff. I'm like, it you know, keeps me awake at night. In the next 10 years, the number of churches that will close will vastly eclipse the churches that are started or that, you know, are at least on life support, okay? (laughs) Right? It's going to accelerate. In in churches in America, for every 10 kids that we've, you know, graduate, we have them in preschool and and then elementary and, and high school, when they graduate and move on, do you know how many of them we keep in church out of the 10? Two. Those aren't good odds. (laughs) <laughs> and it's kind of like being in a boat about ready to, you know, it's June 5th or 6th and the, the beach is Normandy. It's just not good odds, okay? All right? Two out of ten. Two out of ten. Uh, families, I don't need to get into, we all know families 
could use some help and some retooling and some reformation in American culture. Um, so it's important that church and family partner together because we're losing ground. And I believe what God's doing here, God's doing in other places across the country because God wants to bring about that change. God wants to bring about that reformation. Um, and I mentioned this when we hit orange, but here's why it's important too, and here's how it impacts you personally. At some point, you may actually have money that's in an investment portfolio. I, you may find it hard to believe. I know. Okay. But with financial peace and a good decade under your belt, okay, you could have money in a portfolio account. I'm t- I'm t- it's possible. I know it doesn't seem like that, but it's possible. Somebody's going to manage that money. I'm telling you, it matters if that guy's honest. God, I mean, it matters that, you know, this stuff that we talk about matters. You may find yourself at age 57 staring at a doctor who's about to cut you open. Believe me, it matters if that doctor doesn't just see you as a body. Oh, yeah, 113's in surgery now. You know how to do the number thing? No, no, no. It's a, I'm a person. I have a family and friends and a life. Thank you. I want to live. Okay, I want the surgery to go well. You want that doctor, that nurse, to have compassion. Right? This stuff that we talk about matters and it will impact you. Okay? This is why this is important. Um, I want to pray for you uh, before we celebrate communion together. But what kind of church are we going to be? What kind of church? Orange. So when you're having these moments as a family, when you're having these moments in your, you know, large events or whatever it is, you know, and somebody starts veering off or they're frustrated or whatever it is, just, you know, orange, 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 come back, orange, okay, together, remember, working together, okay, that's good, we're all on the same page, I'm going to pray, 